0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Vector Communications, data networks built for business. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 202. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Bill Bennett. Welcome back to the show, Bill. How are you this week? I'm good. So what has been, uh, what's been interesting you in the tech world this week? Um...
1: Do you want to talk about Windows Azure? Yeah, let's do it. Um, Microsoft is about to open the two data centers in Australia, which is going to massively reduce the ping times to Azure for New Zealand users.
0: And, so th- this is this is really all about business, isn't it? For uh, that's you know where it's predominantly going to going to going to help people and you know organisations that. Uh, want to utilize cloud-hosted services, that, that much lower delay when you're contacting uh, oh, yeah, from New Zealand to Australia but, 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 or a server other than Asia, isn't it?
1: Anyone can use Azure. I mean, I've used it. I built a website on there. It took me, what, five minutes to get it up and running, get a WordPress site going on Azure. I just loved it. It was like it was like stepping through one of those um, office-type wizards that you know used to see years ago. Um, had a website up in no time. Brilliant. Good, good, and um, costs next to nothing to run as well. Yeah, certainly some
0: of their their basic sort of uh, you know tr- almost their trial type plans aren't they? Well, yeah, uh, for, yeah, <laughs> and and, and the yeah very limited sort of functionality in terms of uh, you know the more advanced sort of you know scaling up and dealing with lots of traffic and and so on. But um, yeah, really good bang for buck for getting a taste, and then they've got all of the options there that are pretty competitive now with Amazon. But the key bit that they had missing was. The closest servers to New Zealand yeah. were were Singapore that,
1: that's, that's this, strange, this yeah. is
0: sort of quite a game changer for them isn 't it from a competitiveness perspective? I mean obviously, if they had something locally on the ground here in New Zealand uh, even better uh, but that 's not anything that 's sort of on any sort of uh, horizon at the moment right no
1: no and in fact it never will be apparently i 've got it on very good authority that there 's no plans to put it here in New Zealand. Um, the thing about Azure that excites me is Azure is to Amazon what Windows is to Unix with a, or rather Linux with a command line interface it's just it's just simple for people that are in small business who are not technical to get stuff up and running. I mean I'm not saying that someone who's got absolutely no idea could get something working, but people who are non-technical have no hope with Amazon.
0: Well, there is one There is one benefit of Amazon, uh, one very clear benefit of Amazon, I, b- I believe, at the moment, is that they have so much market share, there's a huge yeah. amount of documentation online. So if you're trying to do something or find out how to do something Someone in Amazon's it, cloud world, someone's done it before, yeah. and probably in five or six different ways. So there there are lots of ways of being able to do what you want to do. What I've found so far uh, with, with Azure is those capabilities aren't all documented so if you want to throw up a website and do it in a particular way uh if yeah whatever it is that you're wanting to do you won't see as much you know floating around in terms of documentation or blog posts that said microsoft's own documentation is generally is generally pretty capable
1: yeah and and, and as i say this, the processes are so simple that you'll step through it anyway so you'll you there's a bit of hand holding that goes on and It's a comfort level. I I wouldn't recommend um, anyone who doesn't have at least some inkling about command-line interfaces and so on uh, working with Amazon. Even when you step through recipes of other people that have done it already, it can still be a bit tricky. You still reach a point and you think, well, what the hell do I do now? Um, And there's just no no indication. With um,
0: Azure, it's just not like that. And on on the other side, Microsoft have committed to keeping their prices uh, very competitive in the marketplace. Yeah. So they're saying they'll they'll match on the the core sort of infrastructure type services and so on. They'll be matching, uh, you know, Amazon blow for blow. Any price reductions, they'll uh, they'll yeah. at least match them.
1: I mean, I and I um, one thing about my I, I had a free plan to test out the service. I um, you got the information back telling you how much it would have cost you had you been paying. And I worked out that it's pretty much on a par with what you'd pay at Amazon. There's probably a couple of cents in it, but nothing, really.
0: Mm. So, there wasn't just that announcement this week. Oh. Uh, we've had, there's, there's a few others, Yeah, Apple, Apple had a little bit of news. Uh, but something rather, uh, rather controversial, if it's true, would be what we've heard as a has apparently uh, happened in in China very recently uh, and there there is talk that China uh, has basically set up a phishing attack of of sorts on their population, so those that have tr- been trying to access um, both Apple and Microsoft uh, services online, instead of getting through to the official sites, they get through to a, a page that looks like it is and even has the right URL and so on. Uh, and and depending on which browser you're using, you may not even get an alert um, about the uh, the security certificates being wrong. And, uh, and then capturing uh, login credentials. This just sounds absolutely crazy that a government could do such a thing
1: well no remember that the Chinese government is not a democracy I mean China is not a democracy you're not really that free there and do you think this is true or do you think there's been a misunderstanding because what they're, they're saying is that they
0: um, and that this comes from uh, organisation uh, Great Fire who sort of uh, uh, yeah track what happens with um, the the Great Firewall of uh, of China Uh but it I
1: mean, just sounds, sounds absolutely nuts. Sounds clumsy. I mean, the stories that have been around about what the Western government's doing, tracking people's activity online and so on, you know, put it in context, it's not that different in some ways, except that the Chinese have just been very clumsy about it. And that it's um, so obvious what they're doing. Yeah, and there could be. I mean, if it's deliberate, it's a way of saying, well, look, well, hey, guys, we're in charge here. This is our thing. You know, you're here, at our, you're here at our whim, however we want this to work. Right. To... Like, like having, um,
0: you know, military rule yeah. and, you know, police and, yeah. and, and uh, armed people on the, on the streets. It and could be that. And curfews and so on.
1: But I put it down to the um, – I'm, I'm a believer in the um, – I nearly said a rude word, but the screw-up theory of history. And it's more likely that there was something clumsy done um, that probably didn't get the official okay as well.
0: Yeah, because uh, the the this been reported on by by a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of media uh, have 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 picked this up. Um, the The one I'm reading say, so look, if you're using a you know a, a standard uh, yeah browser, i.e. Firefox, Chrome, um, etc. Uh, Safari, then you're going to get a warning page around, uh, you know, when you log into those services because they uh, require a secure connection a- as would connecting to your bank. Um, but if you're using, excuse my pronunciation here, quiho uh, uh, which is understood to be the most popular browser in China. Um, then you're just routed, routed uh, straight through to this uh, fake site uh, with uh, no indication that you're not at the uh, at the real thing.
1: And I guess that in China, all the um, security packages that you can buy to check your um, you know, your online activity, I guess people aren't using them because I've tested some online security packages recently, which tell you when sites are dodgy. Um you'd think they ping it straight away wouldn't you yeah well
0: there are different types of dodgy i guess cuz this is this if this one is being done at that firewall type level yeah, okay. uh, then it, then it's sort of transparent in terms of its you know um, yeah iCloud.com isn't uh, isn't probably in a in a list of dodgy sites yeah. to uh, to visit generally but yeah i was i was yeah Pretty shocked by this. I wonder whether, uh, whether we'll see a little bit more news uh, in the in the next day or two. But, well, I think it's uh,
1: assumption, Paul, that you're being watched when you do stuff online, whatever. Yep. Yeah, well, that's
0: um, that's probably re- reasonably fair to say to some degree, but uh, yeah, it it does worry me. It does worry me. Now let's uh, let us let us talk Apple and uh we've had a whole bunch of product releases or certainly announcements uh since late la- late last week uh the new iPad uh mini 3 uh announced with uh with touch ID so uh yeah finally you don't get mixed up when you move between your uh, your iPhone and your iPad from oh, you uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> reading your fingerprint uh, perspective. So it's it's kind of nice. I did that about two minutes ago.
1: Looking at my iPad here, looking at our running <laughs> list.
0: Yeah, still 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 waiting on the new ones to come through. Yeah. So uh, yeah, look, looking forward to that. So I mean, we've we've seen that the um, the iPad uh, Air um, well, two. Also uh, announced as well as the iPad Mini Mini Three. Well, the Air looks
1: a lot better value at seven hundred and fifty dollars than the um, the Mini, which is six hundred bucks for it- a basic model with Wi Fi and um, sixteen gigabytes.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's still definitely Apple are still able to command sort of top top dollar in the market, aren't they? Yeah. Which I'm curious how long this will this will last for these sorts of prices and and um, yeah, not just across the uh, yeah the iPad devices because when you look at uh, the iPad, even once it's got uh, 3G added, uh, yeah, you've got a big screen device, and if you've got 3G, it's effectively a phone and then some. Um, although you, know, you don't tend to use your uh, your tablet for uh, yeah for for phone calls. It's a
1: bit Maxwell Smart, isn't it? <laughs>
0: um, but you're you're getting a device that's more than than the smartphone yep. in many ways. Other than the the camera uh, aspect, usually isn't well, just isn't isn't as good.
1: But for a lot less money than a smartphone. But for
0: but for less money, it's 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 strange. But now what we're seeing is the price of those tablets in the market is starting to drive down. We, you know, we had uh, Nathan Mercer on here when it was probably a couple of weeks ago talking about the lowering in price of of Windows tablets coming down to uh, you know that 99 US dollar price point that in the next few weeks we'll see $199 for a for an 8-inch uh, Windows tablet in the market here in New Zealand. We already see some Android tablets at at even lower prices than that. Uh, th- that's a, I mean, that's a big drop. The Windows tablets, for instance. I mean, we were seeing earlier on this year the eight-inch Windows tablets in New Zealand, probably around five hundred New Zealand dollars. Maybe sometimes you'd see them around four hundred, but not a whole lot more. This is halving in the price at some point. That's got to put some pressure on Apple, doesn't it?
1: Mm, maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you think about it this way, right? Under the hood, there's not that much difference between a Lexus and a Toyota, but people are still willing to pay a whopping great premium for the brand and may, and the you know perceived luxury the perceived extra benefits i mean there are benefits for sure but the price difference is huge um Given how much extra you get or don't get, depending on your point of view,
0: yeah, that's that's what I'm curious about because there are differences in the product, and there yeah, there isn't a Windows tablet uh, with Touch ID. No. There isn't uh, you know going to be a low cost Windows tablet probably with uh, with 3G in it, certainly at at, at those sort of yeah you know, or, or LTE at those sort of price points. But there there will be more tablets at lower price points, but. Yeah, there, there's always room for some premium products in the market,
1: and the Surface Pro is a premium product in the market.
0: Yeah, so. yep, and that's and that is certainly at the higher end. But there's there's other capabilities that sort of make that uh, that stand out. But when the prices go so low, I think people will start start questioning yep. a little bit. And and I've I guess I've been having that thought lately around things like uh, laptops because we're seeing similar sort of yep. price pressures. And I tried out that, uh, which we talked about again, yeah, in recent weeks u uh, uh, s one hundred and ninety nine dollar one hundred and ninety nine dollar laptop yeah. it's actually okay yeah um, and and when the the prices of hardware keep falling like that at the lower end products, then eventually at some point you start questioning, well, do I need the model that's three four uh five times no, that, that price I, I
1: I think there's gonna I think there's always a space in the market for a premium product go into new world buy some cheese you can buy a kilo of tasty from mainland for about 10 bucks mm. you can buy one of those wonderful um, Fonterra capiti cheeses for about fifteen dollars for what 200 grams or something sure and you know it's still all cheese I mean one's... For, <laughs> It is, but they
0: sell. They might sell a million units a, a week of the the ten dollar yeah. one uh, for your kilo, but only yeah. you know fifty thousand of the other one. And I, and I guess that's the point I'm getting to because I I agree there will always be room in the market for the premium product, but. Uh, you know, I'm curious how this is going to shake out in, yeah, term, no, th- in, in th- terms of numbers. It's a good question. Or whether Apple will win the market share back, as they've done this time around. Uh, we can now get the original iPad for $379. So that's a lower price point for the, sorry, for the iPad mini. That's a lower price point in the market because uh, we've got that, and then you've got the uh, previous generation the iPad mini uh, for the 400 and. $49 price point. So yeah, I'm they say, are hitting a lower mark.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say something here, which is like highly controversial. People won't like this. Market share means nothing. What matters is who's making profit out of these markets. And Apple is clearly making money from selling tablets, phones, um, laptops, you name it. Pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty yeah. much everything. We're going to talk a bit more about that in a moment. Apple makes a bundle. Um, does anyone else... I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't think anyone else makes money from smartphones, really. When you when it when you you know you get down to it, and well, certainly in the in the scheme of it, Samsung's uh, yeah
0: profits have really you know taken out yeah, taken a hit, yeah. in, in uh yeah the the recent numbers well, that we've well, seen this evidence that
1: Samsung makes more money flogging chips to Apple for its iPhones and tablets than it makes from its own kit. Mm-hmm. So so you know however you look at it, um, the 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 key here is it's not the, mar- the market share. It's a bit of a red herring. I mean, it matters in terms of things like app developers and so on, but even there, it doesn't really, because app developers, will t- well, a lot of app developers will tell you they make as much money servicing the fifteen percent of the market which is iOS as they make from servicing the Android market, which makes up eighty percent plus of the market. So. I think that's what matters. The the profit share rather than the market share is is what's really driving these things. And Apple's managed to secure that slot. Now, the real question is, is when anyone else can get into that niche? Um, my pick is that Microsoft possibly can. Um, I'm not sure anyone else can. Uh, but Microsoft at the moment has found it's also finding a niche, flogging those $200 um, laptops and $200 tablets and so on. So-
0: yeah, well, but the, that questionable there goes back to your other one. They might win market share, yeah, but is there a lot of money in it? And are they buying market share? It's the other question. Um, so, in, in which case, they're they're looking to earn back the money some other you know, some other way, which yes. I think they've got plenty
1: of uh, plenty of ways to uh, well, to I earn think, money I think, off. I customers. think Microsoft have. I don't think Samsung does, and that, and and that's the problem is that is the business sustainable. Um, Microsoft's business, well, the jury's, the jury's still out on that, really, but the, Microsoft is still going to sell Office and possibly Windows to those customers. Apple's sustainable in terms of making profit for sure. Anyone else? I don't know.
0: Hmm, mm.
1: And, I mean, Microsoft have
0: sitting, well, sitting reasonably quietly there. They've got um, Bing, MSN, Cortana stuff going on. Yeah. Though those over over time uh, I guess that in, that investment will uh, will start making a profit, and I think they've you know they've they have sort of flipped around a little bit on uh, you know on some of those parts of the business which in the past have uh, have been a big drag on their profitability, and most of those things are uh, are actually doing okay these days. Yeah. Um, certainly, I mean certainly their their search revenues aren't uh, aren't anything uh, Google like, shall we say. Uh, but in the U.S. they've got a bit of chunk of market share and by pushing out uh, their their Cortana voice assistant into Xbox and their phones, uh, wearables we're hearing about now from, from Microsoft are, are probably uh, things are going to be uh, announced there likely in the next uh, yeah, upcoming weeks and so on. Eventually, all of those things help you know, play together to uh, to just put more money back in their pockets. Oh,
1: strategically, Microsoft's doing everything right. It's whether they can turn that into profits quickly enough that's the question. And I think they will. I think it's just, I think they've they've got the um, they've got the pockets deep enough to carry on funding it for quite some time. So.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, they don't actually need to make big profits quickly because they're already making big profits right now. Now, um, some other quite cool products coming through from uh, from Apple, uh, their iMac with a, what they're calling the Retina 5K display. And, you know, we talked, I think we yeah, have one of the recent episodes around um who was it was it dell or i think it was dell offering a 5k uh display now these have about twice as many uh pixels as in them as the um the uhd or, or 4k uh sc- screens like the the one i've got sitting here connected to uh the mac pro at the moment um that's, uh, that's a pretty impressive display, 27-inch display. They've really bumped up the uh, uh, yeah, the capabilities of these machines. The one that they're launching here in New Zealand uh, is launching at 3699, uh, and this is, uh, comes with a quad-core uh, i5 that can uh, uh, turbo up to 3.9 uh, gigahertz. It's got some pretty high-end graphics in it. Well, you're going to need that to drive the... <laughs> And their terabyte fusion drive. Um, but that makes, that makes this new iMac a, uh, uh, you know, a bit of a powerhouse for, uh, for graphics work and so on. In many ways, more than, more than your average designer will need. But, uh, you know, it's going to put it up in that class that's, uh, yeah, that's quite suitable for video editing too, oh, yeah. right? This, uh, this sounds, you know, sounds like a, a smart move, uh, by Apple in terms of, um, you know, winning, winning more, uh, uh, more share at the higher end because I suspect, even though the Mac Pro is an incredible machine, uh, performance-wise, uh, that it it's it's probably uh, you know a little bit too high for uh, you know for the average business to be uh, piling them up on uh, on every desk. Too much uh, yeah. you know <laughs> At 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 three thousand seven hundred dollars, uh, the the new uh, the new iMac with that five K display. I, I think it actually sounds like reasonable uh, bang for buck when you think about yeah. Uh, yeah, how expensive the 5K uh, displays are that are available today. That's, that's a pretty uh, it's a pretty pricey item,
1: and, and and as we say, it's quite powerful. Um, it's back to that premium thing again, isn't it? Apple seems to be carving out that premium space and just owning it. Mm, mm. No, I think.
0: Uh, uh, Definitely a smart move on their part. So looking out, having a little play with that, uh, haven't haven't seen it just yet, but not too uh,
1: not too far off. I'm hoping to see it soon, and the mini as well. There's a new mini.
0: Yeah, so that's uh, that that's launch. And I guess the the bit that uh, jumped out to me is you know, yep, yeah, they do these regular updates uh, with you know across their range of devices and it 's becoming typical to see uh, updates to the Mac mini you know every uh, uh, every every year or so, um, but it stood out as their, their base price now for the Mac Mini is down to seven hundred and forty nine dollars uh, in the New Zealand market, which you compare it with the other small uh, uh, comp, you know desktop type computers from HP Lenovo and others um, there 's not really a big price differential. To get uh, to get the Apple product there now, yeah. Obviously, some people will, you know, will have a preference one way or the other, but it makes it uh, pretty accessible to get into uh, into using a Mac. If uh, yeah, for those those that have maybe been put off by price in the past, I think
1: they've dropped the server model. Is that right? Um, there was a there was a server model of the Mac Mini, and I don't think that's, if it, if they haven't dropped it, it certainly hasn't been updated
0: yeah yeah i haven't I uh, haven't seen any news around the uh the server model now that was different in that it had uh came with two two drives uh, inside it so uh yeah you could uh you could sort of mirror your uh, um, your drives from a from a data perspective um, but yeah you're right i haven't seen anything at all on there being a um a new model uh on the mini so that's yeah good point um the but yeah, what what are, what are your thoughts on that sort of entry price point? And and it's not a uh, super high end uh, yeah CPU in terms of its. I think it's a one point four uh, gigahertz uh, i five, but it's got four four gigs of RAM, and um, you know its turbo um, speed goes up to two point seven gigahertz. Um, well, it sounds pretty
1: reasonable. It does it's, it's it's a good price? I guess that's um, that's probably the. Um what the Ford of the Apple range, the workhorse of the Apple range, and not a bad one at that. Yeah, well, I mean, I can I can
0: see that this, yeah, probably would, uh, yeah, would be fine for a lot of yeah, business environments, home environments where, uh, yeah, people want want a Mac, but uh, yeah, they they're maybe not ready to to step up to uh, uh, to an iMac or they just want the flexibility of being able to plug their own. Uh, uh, their own screens and so on, and as well, and so. the
1: size is great. Actually, mind you, the size of the amount of almost zero. So, <laughs> but they they are they're lovely small things. Yeah,
0: and it, it separates the purchase of your uh, of your computer from from the purchase of uh, yeah of your screen, right? Well, we've already so, got screens um, and keyboards, and, and yeah, most people have already got one, and you know, unless unless they're using an iMac and they've got that built in. Uh, yeah it 's certainly a more um, um, yeah a more 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 competitive um,
1: picture isn 't it well whatever you think apple 's doing something right because max sales are up more than twenty percent in the last year
0: yeah that was that was interesting to hear those uh, those stats that 's a that 's a reasonably uh, reasonably strong boost in uh, in anyone 's book especially when we 've been uh, I guess hearing the, the the sort of naysayers around the personal computer saying, uh, you know, it's going to uh, it's
1: going to disappear. Well, I think I mean I think I can't remember if it's Gartner or IDC, but one of those two has now got Apple at fifth place in the market um, as in as the entire PC market, and I think they're on about eight percent market share across the across the whole PC game. So they've gone from at one point I think they were less than two percent. Mm. back in the um back in the dim dark days um so there's that halo effect everyone talked about when the iPod came along um certainly worked
0: yeah and because there's no uh, direct competitors and so on you know they can uh, um yeah probably end up doing reasonably well sort of profit wise on uh, on on their products yeah, which um, is
1: what everyone else is struggling
0: with. Mm, mm. So, yeah, I mean, looking at that pricing, the Mac Mini now, 749 is starting point. They've got the uh, lower-end dual-core 21.5-inch um, iMac, which I've got to say is a pretty tiny screen in this yeah. these days, uh, 1649 Uh The 27-inch iMac, uh, $2749 is, uh, is the current price on that. Um which i guess is a pretty big when you look at it uh that is a pretty big jump over a typical p c yeah. but it is of higher spec in terms of quad core c p u and so on but it's um you know it's a price that i think works well for them and and people are uh, generally more than willing to pay that if they're uh, um if that's what they're looking for yeah um and then yeah another uh uh, nearly $1,000 on top for the 27-inch uh, 20, um, iMac with the 5K Retina um, display and then the Mac uh, Mac Pro at uh, 4.5K. So that's uh, that's sort of the landscape for Apple in, in the local market. And uh, I haven't seen any, I don't know if you've seen any figures. I mean, that 20% growth is globally. Uh, have you seen any figures recently around Apple's market share in uh, here? New Zealand. Yeah. The
1: last I saw, they weren't, they were considerably lower than that um, than that eight percent. Their their share in the market in the US market is much higher, but then HP's share in New Zealand is much higher than it is internationally as well. So yeah, it's sort of off off the charts here, yeah. isn't it? I HP. mean, I think, 40, I think they're forty percent plus in New Zealand, mm. whereas mm. globally they're That's incredible. In fact, in fact, one of the two big um, um, analyst companies I mentioned earlier now has uh, Lenovo in front of HP. So.
0: Uh, yeah, globally, that's what we're yeah. that's what we're hearing. Uh, but in New Zealand, it's uh, it's a, it's a different story, and uh, uh, H- I think HP have worked very very hard to get their service and uh, all the other pieces sort of lined up within the local market. They've done a uh, you know a pretty amazing job, and you know, in the last well, in recent years, really to uh, you know, uh, Improve some of those areas where they had uh, they had some really major shortcomings in well, the past.
1: Walk into any store selling computers now, and you'll see Apple gear first because it's pretty distinctive the way it's displayed and everything, and you'll see HP second, and you might get the impression that's all they've got. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, now we've had some other uh, product updates from Apple. OS X ten point ten Yosemite. Uh, that that's landed and uh, it's got a pretty nice new look and uh, and feel to it. it. It's gone to the flatter design that uh, you know has really become uh, the norm everywhere in terms of uh, yeah, user experiences, uh, doing away with all these sort
1: of. I 3D um, looks a bit of see through stuff in there. But. I noticed, Paul, that you know, you managed to say um, Yosemite properly. <laughs> uh, apparently, well, most people can't. Well, <laughs> I haven't been there
0: yet, but it is on my uh, it is on my list to visit. Uh, um, the Yosemite National Park yeah. uh, at at some stage. So uh, yes, that would be uh, that would be nice. But and and I guess uh, I actually I'm curious. What sort of halo effect do you get uh, flowing on for uh, for that? If uh, if you get a product that's named named after an area, what if uh, Apple came out with if started naming their products after uh, countries or uh, yeah, you know, international location. So I imagine if the next one was ten point eleven, New Zealand. They called it. Is that going to help us from a tourism perspective? <laughs> I'm curious whether uh, anyone visiting Yosemite from now on is going to find that uh, the visitor rate's gone up because of all of the extra, uh, um, you know, mentioning of the of the name through Apple.
1: Uh, it would be more likely if they started naming it after New Zealand towns, which no one in the rest of the world would be able to pronounce.
0: Waikikamukau. <laughs> All right. Um, and then OS X uh, 8.1, that's that's landed as well. And
1: Well, I've got uh, a funny story about that. When Paul rang me yesterday to ask me to, about today's podcast, every damn device in my house went off at once. <laughs> and I was racing around from iPad to iPad to phone to phone to um, the computer, trying to figure out which one it was calling, and I missed the call. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, but yeah,
0: so there's some good things that will come with that. I- I'll be playing with it a bit more, really, over the next f- few days, and uh, I'm sure you will, Bill. But um, that bringing together of the um, of your mobile uh, operating system with your desktop ability for your messages to reach you on both and and you know calls and so on. Uh, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty interesting and it's yeah, certainly something uh, that, that I've noticed and, and found uh, convenient that I don't have to pick up my phone to look at those text messages coming through that they're coming up and the notifications on the, on the Mac in front of me.
1: Um, I, I've been quite surprised by the continuity because I've on my Mac stuff, everything's done now in iCloud. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of used to being able to go to the phone or go to the iPad or go to the desktop and get the same document from straight away from iCloud um but continuity just takes that a step further and I thought oh yeah big deal until I actually used it and I realized that we're actually on the verge of something quite it's actually quite spooky and amazing that you're you move from one device to the other and it's just absolutely seamless mm. um and that doesn't sound like a big deal but um, I was sitting waiting for an appointment and I was just making some notes on the phone, as you do, got home, they were there sitting there on my desktop ready to type into a proper story. You know? Yeah,
0: it's great, it's isn't it? It's great, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I mean, this this is really what we're now is really starting to see, I guess, the promise of of the cloud, having all our yeah. devices connected all the time, everywhere, that, yeah, this is the sort of thing that that makes that uh, yeah really really bene- beneficial having these things all uh, all linked up and and it's been a missing part of the part of the picture and I think what Apple have uh, are providing in this continuity uh, capability uh, definitely will nudge the others along and you know I'm curious what we'll see from Microsoft and Google. On this front, because they play across, uh, you know, tend to play across more platforms. And and Microsoft now, with Office uh, and their other products, they're tending to try and make things work as well on on multiple platforms rather than just focusing on Windows. So I'm I'm curious what that might actually lead to. Uh, And I wonder if Microsoft um, will enable continuity
1: in their Mac applications and their um, iOS applications as well. That would be interesting to see, or whether they decide to go with their own version of um, it's very interesting times, Microsoft. I think, I, yeah, you know, I think Microsoft can probably pull that one off. Um, Google will have probably be able to pull it off much easier on Google, on Android devices and Chromebook than um, across platform. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a developer. Perhaps developers can tell us that that's easy.
0: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think probably technically it's just a d- it's up to it's up to them to make a decision. I mean, what we've seen from from Google as a as a very strong commitment to uh, you know having their products across iOS and Android, uh, they seem, if I th- and they, but they're taking the opposite approach with uh, with Windows Phone. Uh, you know they're probably the only, yeah. um, you know, really big player in the market who who is avoiding Windows Phone, and for obvious reasons, because it's going to eat into their uh, the the market share of Android if Windows Phone were to uh, you know were were to take off. Um, you know there are enough devices in the market that it makes sense for them to have their products, but uh, when a when a product. Uh when a product, uh, you know, you might expect it to be on Windows Phone for the size of it compared to the other, you know, other products that are in the market, um, you know, Google are, are avoiding it, and even going so far as when they have a uh, an acquisition, if that product's on Windows Phone, um, then you, you know, we're, snub, we're starting to see them, uh, you know, actually actually pull back,
1: which is uh, it is it's a deliberate stuff. Look, the here's, here's Funny thing about that, though, Paul. I use a Windows Phone. A lot, and um, you can you can run all that Google stuff in the browser, pretty, pretty, pretty happily. I've got the Google stuff on my iOS kit, and I don't use the apps. If I want to do something in Google Docs, I just go to the browser. Right. So, um, so I'm not I'm not convinced that that's as important, as you know, people might think
0: yeah fair point
1: but as you say there's
0: a there does seem to be a deliberate snub from yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Google They wouldn't be the first company to uh to do that sort of thing and it's certainly uh this the sort of thing that we we you know would have seen many times from uh uh microsoft in, in the past um you know they're they having to be uh, much more open now than they uh, than they ever were in the uh in the early days I can't um, it, actually <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, it's good when uh, old dogs learn new tricks, isn't it? Yeah, um, and and yeah, certainly from a, yeah from a consumer um, and a and a user perspective, the the new Microsoft is uh, uh, yeah is one I th- you know I think people are probably uh, a lot happier with than uh, than the old Microsoft and their uh, their past days of um, extreme sort of i guess arrogance in terms of how they uh how, you know how how they played with uh, with others in the market
1: they certainly get cloud
0: <laughs> yeah, some good things coming through now um a couple of other things uh now spark have made an announcement uh I think I saw that come through uh yesterday in terms of uh, um or it might have been this morning. Mm. Um, something they're calling socializer, and they're providing uh, effectively free access to uh, Facebook and Twitter from your uh, from your mobile uh, device, uh, and yeah, basically giving you up to a up to a gig worth of free data to uh, to access those during the month. Now, uh, they
1: you, don't use much data
0: though. Well, that's what I'd say. Usually, <laughs> they don't use much, but if you I, um, what's the word? If you if you can, uh, I guess, pander to the social uh, social media users. Um, that, that I mean, it's a good it's a good
1: audience to look after, right? But is it possible to use a gig of Twitter in a month? I don't...
0: Well, no, that's and I think what they're effectively saying is they're giving you unlimited yeah. on those services or, or, or near to it. But it does mean if you run out of your data on other things yeah. you can still be there on facebook and on twitter so uh you know if they went one step further and gave you uh email as well uh you know you could virtually survive without renewing your uh, your data and of course they're not going to give you your your email uh yeah your general email for, f- well, for free but i mean a lot of people will, these days will get by without email so much their social media presence is much more
1: important right well it's interesting because i was just telling you before we came on to do the podcast how i just ran out of data this month, and it's, it, it renews at midnight tonight, but it's the first time I run out because something's happened and my plan isn't what I thought it was. Um, so it would have been quite good for me. But, you know, Facebook and Twitter, I don't think I use anything like a gig. I think probably that's, you know, we're probably talking about mega megabytes of um, data on those services in you know, a mm, month. Mm. So, so it's, it's a good idea to have that unmetered. Does it include things like watching a video on Facebook? Well, yeah, those things are
0: often coming through from other services. Yeah. So I, I would say that it's, um, that's not, like, not going to be the case unless it actually was, was hosted by, uh, by, by Facebook. Yeah, or coming through the Facebook um, app, say well even even then, I think can be um, mm. the data can be coming from you know from the likes of youtube and so on yeah. so yeah some, uh, so the, there's details there at spark.co.nz slash socializer and they 're basically saying you can switch it on uh, right now for free uh, certain plans and so on are going to be eligible now they 're talking that they 're saying after th- after third um, of feb uh, customers who opt in to socializer can pay nine dollars per month to get the deal. Um
1: so that doesn't strike me as a very good deal at
0: all. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was uh that was rather interesting. So I, I'm not I'm not um um yeah, I'm not sure whether that's gonna is gonna suit uh suit everyone, but what they're yeah, what what they're talking about there is um, you know, it being free and so uh if you can um if you can get yeah, if you can get on for free, then then good. But if you're paying an extra uh, nine 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 dollars, and maybe that's just to uh, just to sign on, so um, there wasn't a huge amount of uh, detail in their uh, in their plan to clarify that. But uh, basically, they're oh, they're saying if you if you're on an eligible plan now and you sign on uh, with that plan, then it's going to be free for the life that you're on that uh, that plan. So that's that's not a bad thing. Um now all right UFB we've had uh you know it's, it's been uh, been a little while we started hearing about UFB um well quite a few months now uh you know um when we had UFB 200 um megabytes, uh or megabits per second uh plans that initially went into testing and then they got launched into the market uh, finally had a chance to uh to try that and had a connection uh, installed. This one with um, local ISP that's actually in the same building um, as uh, as me, um, but. Uh that doesn't make too much difference when you're on UFB, where in the country the ISP is, because you get, or certainly if they're in the same uh, city as you, uh, because it's all uh, it's all pretty quick. So I've got a, uh, a connection with WorldNet running on their uh, 200 megabits up and 200 megabits down plan, uh, unlimited, and uh, boy, it, uh, in our first tests, it certainly seems to be a. a delivering on that. Yeah. But playing, you, oh, yeah, we yeah. sat there and tried some sort of speed tests and uh we've tried doing a few downloads and bits and pieces uh today. Um yeah, the the speed tests were certainly uh, certainly impressive. They were as with um yeah most of these new uh yeah non um What's the word for it? Um, yeah, the new plans that are outside of what they have to, uh, what chorus and non-regulated and, plans. Yeah, yeah, and and the others have to provide. Um, it seems some of these are coming in and delivering uh, actually, you know, higher, uh, higher, higher speeds than uh, than they promised So. The, uh, the 200 um, up two hundred megabits up and 200 megabits down, uh, when we tested that, we were getting, uh, I think we got up to about 207 yeah. uh, megabits Just uh, uh, download, the and moment. the upload, um, you know, very, very close, very similar, um, but, you know, over 200 uh, megabits a second, which uh, is pretty snappy. It's bloody snappy. I mean, um, and,
1: and wouldn't it be fabulous for accessing things like your Azure and your other cloud services and so on?
0: Well, in terms of doing cloud backups, yeah. all those sorts yeah. of things. I mean, this is this is really, uh, uh, you know, I guess what we were looking forward to with UFB was, yeah, you know, just amazing performance and you know it's great to great to see that the um yeah the the, the technology that uh yeah the, the government through uh, crown fiber sort of you know mandated uh has got that headroom in it for us just to get be able to get these sorts of speeds uh without a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of drama
1: i mean even to, even quite recently if you wanted to do a backup before you're going home before going home time you set it and you go off and make a cup of tea come back and it's done well that's just not going to be the case now is it? it's
0: there's all all sorts of possibilities that are uh, that are opening up. So yeah, quite quite pleased with that. And we did the speed test to the US as well, didn't we? And we were seeing uh, fifty f- five uh, megabits down, uh, you know, directly from the US. So uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty impressive, actually, for uh, you know international bandwidth. That was a speed test up to
1: uh, San Francisco. That's probably better than anyone in the US gets.
0: Well, yeah, your average <laughs> speeds in the US now, are, you know, are still. Pretty poor overall, and because they don't have a national, uh, yeah, plan for rolling out fibre. Of course, you've got different places, and we've heard about Chattanooga with with their gigabit uh, fibre, and there's Google doing their fibre, um, the Verizon and AT and T and others are, are doing it in various pockets. But uh, you know, there's nothing as widespread as what we've got, and I think uh, actually our our performance here in New Zealand uh, on average. Is moving ahead in leaps and bounds, and we've got the advantage now of all these unlimited plans. Uh, so the the uh, the pain point of using up too much data is uh, is less of a problem too.
1: I, I wrote a piece for last month for the USPC magazine about speeds in New Zealand, about the fastest ISP, and um, we're now getting better speeds in Australia, um, pretty much across the board. Mm. Um, which is it's only going to get better because. Where are we? What probably about five percent, ten percent of the population is on USB now. Um, as that goes, as that sort of gets up and up and up, that the average speed is just going to rocket forward. Um, we're forty-four in the world for the average speed of an internet connection, a broadband connection, but we're improving at such a rate that we are go shooting up that table.
0: Yeah, I think this is. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's great to see. Uh, yeah, to see the results. Of uh, you know of fibre being rolled out to uh, to homes and businesses and you know schools and 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 the like that you know, basically as as fibre becomes a just a standard and a ubiquitous thing uh, yeah I, th- I I think it opens up all sorts of uh, possibilities about uh, how we communicate and uh, how we utilise technology in New Zealand so. That's pretty pleasing. So, uh, yes, yeah, so some good first experiences there, and uh, might chat about that a little little bit more as we try out, um, yeah, some different things over it. Uh, now, uh, there was a, a local story, Bill um, Intigen, which, uh, you know, it's one of the local IT companies here uh, in New Zealand. It's, it's been around for a few years now. I think the uh, the original uh, company that became Intigen, um Rod Drury was involved in,
1: uh, in that, wasn't he, way, way back when? I think he was. And I think everyone who's ever been to a tech ed would know the name Integer. Mm, um, mm. They're a big, big Microsoft house.
0: And, uh, yeah, they've just been acquired by um, Australian uh, share market listed firm uh, Empired. So uh, apparently about a $19, uh, $19 million deal there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always a bit of a pity when another one of our tech companies falls to an overseas owner, I suppose, in some ways. But on the other hand, you know, the guys that started this thing want a big payday. Um, It's going to have to happen at some point, and that's good. That's nice to see. It means that more entrepreneurs will come along and try and do something similar. Mm. It's um, something to encourage the troops. And
0: uh, yeah, I and mean, we don't know the details of exactly how that, that deals work, but or they've taken shares bit. in the in, in the in the buying company, so they well, may well be locked
1: in for some time. No, they're they're locked in for three years. They've got what's called um, payout clauses, so that what happens, earnout rather, they, which means that the company has to perform over the next three years for them to collect the whole the whole promised amount. But generally speaking, those earnouts tend to work out quite well. Um, having said that, I've heard of some that haven't.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I do remember a story from Rod Drury along those lines, actually. Um, and the last one was um, a news story that uh, that came through. And, you know, we we talked previously about these low-cost tablets and, and laptops. And, uh, you know, we hear that uh, we're going to be seeing 10-inch tablets in New Zealand uh, with, a, with a detachable keyboard, so that sort of hybrid tablet laptop uh, two-in-one uh landing shortly around the $399 New Zealand price point and we thought well that's uh yeah, yeah that's that's pretty cheap but then um this story hit that in the, the US uh Walmart there are selling a um a Windows 8.1 uh 10-inch tablet with detachable keyboards, so one of these hybrid type uh devices uh 179 US dollars
1: now there's a problem that I can see with that i mean i, I mean Let's, well, this, there,
0: are, there is a, for anyone to try and make money out of it. No, yeah, there's, exactly. no, there's not much uh, well, room, room in there to uh, make money. I mean, what does that compare with that, the,
1: uh, the cheapest uh, yeah, full-sized iPad, right? Yeah. There's a big, there's a big it's difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's not much money in it. I would imagine that that would probably land in New Zealand for about 250 thereabouts. The issue that I see is that what is the point of Windows RT if you've got a $250 Windows 8.1 um, laptop-cum tablet. The thing about Windows RT, of course, is that when you buy that, you get Office. With this, you have to buy Office as an extra. So, Well, not quite, because
0: they're actually also throwing in a, uh, a one-year uh, subscription to Office 365 Personal that gives you a terabyte worth of uh, Onedrive cloud storage and 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 office and I guess they're trying to push people into those office type subscriptions aren't they and that'll well that's clever isn't it you know th- that really helps uh, the get yeah, them in so and I guess that's why Microsoft are giving away Windows free on these devices yeah. so the Windows comes for free you you get hooked into the office 365 uh, for a year and then uh, and their cloud services and then after that uh, you know if you have to pay for it or well, you might throw your device out, uh, and and buy a new device in 12 months because uh, at this sort of price, it's not much more than your cloud and um, office subscription to actually buy a new device because I think, uh, what do you say, it's about $85, uh, $85 for uh, that Office 365 personal subscription. That's the US price. So, um, yeah, it's yeah it's in US funky. dollars, which when you work that out against the price of this yeah. uh, uh, this device is nearly half of the price uh, to buy the subscription, so th- no doubt there will be a much uh, better model in twelve months, or there will be a cheaper model, or or, or, or something to entice a you. Or more
1: expensive version of three six five and a free device.
0: That's yeah, that
1: that's yeah. that's quite possible. I guess
0: that, you know there has been. Uh, yeah, talked about in the past that uh, their hardware may
1: end up coming, uh, you know, coming free with uh, with software well, subscriptions and so on. And it's uh, beyond the commodity, isn't it? I mean, you can open your packet of cornflakes and out drops a free laptop or something.
0: Well, we've had free cell phones with a yeah. with a mobile subscription, yeah. uh, so maybe that will be the case that you get your you get a free uh, you know computing device with your with your cloud subscription in the future.
1: Yeah. What? Well, yeah. Exactly. And you get a,
0: yeah, you get a new one every. Uh, I mean, at this rate, you could certainly they could give you uh, a new one
1: every uh, every couple of years. But I wonder. I mean, I, I mean, obviously Microsoft makes some money out of that. But what about what's in it for the hardware manufacturers?
0: Well, they must make something, but it's going to be reasonably slim. But it yeah. shows how uh, how competitive the components and so on are. How yeah, how yeah. how low the prices have dropped. And yeah, this is an Intel-based device, uh, so it's got an Intel chip on it. And you know the the pressure really has come on Intel to be very price competitive.
1: Oh, Intel's margins have plummeted,
0: and uh, you know this is the sort of device that uh, you know as consumers we're able to get because they've had to compete with the uh, the the arm chips that are in the iPhones the androids and you know 99 point uh, what nine percent of uh, um, or somewhere in that direction uh, percent of, of smartphones and and tablets so uh, you know I think yeah in, Intel have uh, yeah they're finally coming to the to the market with some products that are going to win some well, market it's the
1: share era of I mean we've talked what we've, talk, well, we've we haven't talked on the podcast, but there's been a lot of talk in the tech industry over the years about um, cheap ubiquitous computing. But that's generally sort of referred to things like the cloud. But actually, what we're seeing is cheap ubiquitous hardware.
0: Mm. You know? mm. Yep, it's. Um, I think it's it's all pretty exciting, actually. And um, yeah, where are we going to be in a year or two? I mean, the price of uh, yeah, even the the big 4K screens that uh, you know we were we were wowed by when they were announced. Uh, those things are falling in price pretty quickly. I saw uh, uh, a US, um, a US sort of special price on a on I think it was a fifty inch four uh, K TV there, and it was uh, under eight hundred US uh, under eight hundred yeah. US dollars. So uh, yeah, things move down pretty quickly in uh, in price till they become yeah uh, you know, pretty broadly uh, accessible. All right, well. Uh, I think that's probably us for this week, isn't it, Bill? That, that was uh, that was that was about enough on the on the list. Um, so yeah, thank you for, uh, for for joining us again. Now, where do people uh, track you down online to uh, to read some of your news stories and blog posts and catch your tweets?
1: Uh, BillBennett.co.nz is my site with two n's, two t's. But just Google me, you'll find me, and Bill Bennett NZ on Twitter. Excellent, excellent. And you can find me, Paul Spain, uh,
0: at paulspain.com. Uh, you can find some of my uh, posts on, uh, on Geek Zone from time to time uh, and at Paul Spain on, uh, on Twitter. So, uh, hey, thanks everyone for, uh, for joining us, and we will be back again next week. See ya.
1: The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Victor Communications, data networks built for business.